Welcome to episode 29 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show, and today we got special guest, Executive Director of Hammonds Initiative, Leonard Hammonds II. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, and this is the show where we sit down with incredible guests and find out all about their 24 hours and how they're maximizing on their time. And we have the honor and privilege of having you on the show because you do a lot of community work in the Pittsburgh area. You're doing a lot of things for the youth, and just overall, you're doing amazing work. You've been featured in the newspaper and been on you know television and just the work that you're doing and the response is definitely resonating with people in the community. Um, so I definitely want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing and thank you for being on the show. It is definitely an honor and a privilege. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be on the show. To God be the glory. Mm -hmm. I said uh, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Absolutely. So um, when we got a chance to connect over a cup of coffee before... I Love the conversation. Yeah. I mean, the chemistry was going through the roof. I, Absolutely. I, I love having those kind of conversations, just getting together with like-minded people. So uh, I'm definitely glad to get into this conversation. So for people who don't know who you are yet, um, this would be a great opportunity for them to find out who you are. You know, just tell us your background uh, and all the things that you do and maybe even some of the things that have inspired you to get to where you are today. Well, uh, once again, thanks for allowing me to be on the show. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Swissville, in between Swissville and Penn Hills. I grew up um, dealing with a lot of different obstacles uh, when I was younger. I dealt with bullying and things of that nature. So growing up, I had uh, some, some, some trouble issues when I, were, when I was younger. So they always said that your misery is your ministry. Mm -hmm. So as I came up, I thought about it. How could I be impactful with the youth myself? So as I got older... Um, I got into the martial arts, I ended up going into the military, uh, spent eight years in the Marines, and uh, once I got out of the Marines, I said, you know, I, I definitely wanted to, uh, once again, find ways to impact my community and also help the youth uh, with self-development, uh, help them with empowerment, give them the courage that they need because bullying was something that was never going to go away. So here was this kid who started out as a bullied child. Who, who grew up to be a Marine. Mm -hmm. So, and with that confidence and with the things that were instilled in me in the Marine Corps, I wanted to go out in the community and put a little bit of that into the youth. Mm -hmm. So, um, dealing with that, me being out in the community, um, I had suffered a tragedy uh, with my cousin Riyad. Uh, he was murdered in Braddock. And that put me on a the, on the, on the path to where I came into ministry. And I actually became an ordained minister during that time. Mm -hmm. Because during that time, I really had to deep, dig deep within myself to find out what was my purpose. Mm. Not is it is it just to serve the youth or is it to serve the youth in the community and work towards just complete uh, peace? Because when you're dealing with, with bullying, you're dealing with a certain level of violence. But when you're dealing with gun violence, there's no coming back from that once somebody's life is taken. So I wanted to uh, come out and be instrumental with bringing peace to the community, uh, stopping bullying, stopping the violence. And from there, uh, birth Hammond's Initiative. And now you have a person who is uh, dedicated to walking in my purpose, to creating stronger and safer environments for our youth and communities, and, and ministering the gospel, and just really being impactful wherever I'm needed. If, if a person calls me and say, look, I need food on my table, then it's my job to do what I can do to share my resources 
to get out there to help those individuals or if, if someone needs mentoring from whatever it is from A to Z, if it's within my power to help, it's my duty to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and your resume is getting quite long and it, it's, <laughs> it, it is impressive. Um, it, it, it's just amazing just all the different things that you're doing. Um, so tell us and take us through your story a little bit of maybe some of the things that inspired you or what influenced you and just uh, your upbringing because those things definitely highly impact how our mindset is developed. So, you know, take us through, you know, a little bit of your upbringing and your story of how you got to, you know, to to the point where you wanted to actually start Hammond's Initiative. Well, I, I, I definitely say um, having um, my parents and my grandparents together, I said it, it was a beautiful thing to have uh two groups of individuals involved in my upbringing because mm-hmm. I learned different things from each group. Uh, my father was a person that would pretty much taught me, you know, put your head down and just press forward. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather uh, was from the South and he had overcame all kind of obstacles and came up here uh, from Georgia. So he showed me a, a different a different kind of leadership mm-hmm. where you have to jump out there. It's not about keeping your head down so much. It's about getting out there, finding what it is that you want to do and putting your all into it. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother told me, you know, in this world, you got to have faith. Mm-hmm. So when you sit there and you put that perseverance and that consistency with faith, there's nothing that can stop you. So with, with those things that were instilled in me, I got out in, into the community and, and I began to to meet different people like Lee Davis, who was a... Yeah, he's a good brother. Oh, real good brother. And he's like a big brother to me, Mm -hmm. who at that time I was a recording artist. Okay. So he had um, mentored me. I I performed for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to uh, end up meeting Sean Puffy Combs and doing a lot of great things within the music. Mm -hmm. So me growing up not having an older brother, he was able to instill a lot of things in me and and help groom me so that I could go ahead and and that's where you see that person who's working on branding and the person is out in the community um, who's able to do public speaking and things like that. Those are things that were all contributed to Lee Davis working with me at an early age. Mm -hmm. So with all these different people that were instrumental in my life, it allowed me to get out in the community and be able to talk to people and and, and shake hands and network and do a lot of different things that allowed me to become the person I am today. Mm -hmm. And how did you connect with Lee Davis? Believe it or not, a uh, long time ago, uh, before uh, Lee Davis was the you know the entrepreneur extraordinaire that he is today, uh, he used to work at MoGear uh, mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, with me being a young recording artist at that time, everybody said, listen, if you want to do something in, in music, you have to see Feats, because that's, that's his nickname, you have to go see Feats. Okay. So... We went downtown, and, and at that time, it's like we were starstruck because, mm-hmm. you know, he had all the latest clothes. And I don't see you're young, but people that are my age, I'm 41. Right. We remember when Coogee was the thing. Uh-huh. And Lee Davis had <laughs> every kind of Coogee sweater that you could think yeah. of, long dreadlocks. So I, I walk in there, and you're, and you're like starstruck because you're like, you finally get to meet this guy. Yeah. So I walk in, and I'm telling you who I am, and I'm performing for him. And he was just like, hey, you know, you, you got it. You, you got this talent. And mm-hmm. he told me he was going to help me. And the next thing I know, I'm in rotation on Whammo, and wow. there was just so many different, th- many doors that opened up for me. Mm. So um, it was just one of those things, you know. It, it just goes to show you, there's so much talent in Pittsburgh, and there's so many hidden gems. And oh, once yeah. we connect with those individuals, you never know what course your life's going to go. Absolutely, that's where the magic happens when you start to collaborate with other like-minded people. Absolutely.
Mm-hmm. I mean, and like I said, I love doing this show because I get to connect with people like you. Like, none of this would have been able to be possible um, without doing the show and collaborating with people like you and mm-hmm. somebody saying, oh, man, you should connect with that person. You should connect with that person. And it's just been a phenomenal experience. And uh, that's, a, that's a lot of ways how people can, you know, start to, you know, have a lot more success as well Absolutely. and be able to impact the community a lot more. So. Um, just hearing that story definitely makes me feel feel good. Um, and also, a lot of other people should feel good about that, too, because they have that same opportunity. Um, so, you know, take us through um, starting, you know, Hammond's Initiative. What is Hammond's Initiative for people who don't know? What's all the things that you do in that organization? Well, Hammond's Initiative is a nonprofit organization where we pair veteran mentors with the youth. And we also go out within the community and do things to create safer and stronger communities for our, ye- for our youth and for our communities. And we focus on four different pillars, which is violence intervention prevention, mentoring, community service, and community outreach. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Um, for somebody that may be looking to start up a nonprofit, what um, were some of maybe the challenges that you say you maybe faced in the beginning phases on getting that up off the ground? Uh, one thing that I would tell anyone who wants to get involved in nonprofit, make sure it's something that you were called to do. Mm-hmm. It can't be something that you're just inspired to do. Mm-hmm. Because once you get out there and you're doing things uh, for the community, a lot of people think once you get into a nonprofit, there's going to be guaranteed monies, there's going to be grants, or there's going to be all these different things. They're going to have a, a set amount of money in place, and then you'll come in and be able to operate with those funds. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, you're going to operate with whatever you have in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if you have uh, $2,000 to your name, that's what you have to work with. Mm-hmm. If you have just a crisp 20 fresh out the ATM in your pocket, <laughs> that's what you have to operate with. Right. So I tell people, if this is something that you're passionate about and you want to get out there and you want to make a difference in the community, make sure that you can uh, have a diet of ramen noodles and canned goods <laughs> and perishable items right? because there's sacrifice involved with this if this is your purpose Mm -hmm. and um, I can tell you with Hammond's initiative um, I tell people it's it's a sacrifice Mm -hmm. Uh, you you definitely have to get out there and do what's needed and you have to get out in the community and start the work Mm -hmm. a lot of people when you start a business you have a five-year plan and you have all these different things Mm -hmm. when you want to make a difference in the community you have to hit the ground running and if you have to reinvent yourself as you go don't be afraid to reinvent yourself and don't be afraid of failure because failure ultimately is where your success begins because you have to learn from your mistakes and then you can you, you constantly better yourself as you go so anybody who wants to get involved with nonprofit work I would say uh, pray on it meditate and then pray on it again <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it a little bit more exactly make sure that's you know what you're called to do mm-hmm. so yeah let's talk about you know finding your passion a little bit more because that's the biggest challenge for most people finding that passion and finding their niche and actually going after it. How were you able to find that niche? Because, you know, based off what I've heard and some of the things that I've seen you doing, um, you've definitely found your avenue and you're doing amazing work at it. How did you get to that point when you actually found it? And how would you say other people can start to find that passion for themselves and actually start doing it? Well, first of all, I wasn't afraid to reinvent myself. Mm. Uh, I started out as a a very shy child. I, I, I was bullied. And then I had to recreate myself. I said, I can't stay in this place that I'm at right now. So then I slowly came into a place to where I came out of my shell. I mm. got involved in the martial arts. When I got involved in the martial arts, I had a certain level of confidence within myself. But I said, I can't stay in that place. So once again, I evolved. So as I evolved, I said, well, what is it that I can do to, to put myself 
uh, in the spotlight. You know, I'm, I'm tired of being that person who's ignored in the background. And once I met this guy named Joe Middlebrook, who was a recording artist at that time, and I had admired him, and he, and he had told me, he says, well, listen, you know, this is something that you could do. He said, you know, you know, I'll write something. Let me see you write something. So I began to write music. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I practiced, the better that I got. So I went from this shy kid who was bullying to a, a person who's in, uh, in, in involved in music to meeting Lee Davis and becoming a recording artist and, and going to doing shows in front of 850 people, being on Whammo, doing things like that, and then moving from that person to being able to go into the Marines. So you can see throughout my life, it was always about reinventing myself, bettering myself. How could I be more effective? And then after the Marine Corps, I got to a place to where when I was in the Marines, uh, there were different things that you could do in boot camp. You mm. could be guys and things like that. And uh, I was chosen to be a lay reader, which is pretty much like a platoon preacher. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years would I ever consider myself a person who would come into the ministry. You know, I was a person uh, that was involved in the streets as far as uh, with regards to uh, hustling and things like that. <coughs> so ministry was never something that was on my radar. Mm-hmm. But we know that God already knows what our purpose is, and we just have to fall in line at, uh, at, you know, at that uh, destined time. So... Um, Once I went into the military, it opened up my eyes to see things from a ministry standpoint. Mm. And then once I got out the military, um, you know, you run back into the real world, so to say. And there's all these things, all these doors are open up for you. So you kind of stray away from some of the things uh, that you did in the military or some of the things that you learned in boot camp. And it was during that time that uh, my first cousin, Rio Partlow, Mm. uh, was murdered. And I, I had a pivotal point in my life. Uh, a, a, a part of me wanted to retaliate because someone had taken the life of someone who was like a brother to me, like a little brother to me. And I had family members coming to me because now you have an individual who is angered and, and to the point that he feels he needs to retaliate, but he also is a Marine. Mm-hmm. So the first thing they're thinking is, okay, first and foremost, you need to pray, you need to calm down, and you have to think, what are you going to do from this day forward? Because you could do something foolish and you could end up in prison for the rest of your life. Or you could sit there and put it in God's hands and allow him to pretty much map out your destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's when I prayed and and, um, God spoke to me and I came into the ministry. And from there, I mean, the rest has been history. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've become the person you see today. And and I haven't strayed from that purpose. And that showed me there, you know, if you can't feed off anything that's positive, you got to feed off the pain. I didn't have anything positive going on in my life when my cousin was murdered. So I had to feed off the pain. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, that's what it's all about. It's about walking in your purpose. And walking in your purpose is not always a comfortable thing. Mm -hmm. But but it's it's something that is so meaningful. And and not only will it affect you, but it'll affect countless others if you truly do what it is that your purpose to do. Absolutely. And what you just said, I mean, if you can't find positive, positive things or have a positive mindset about things I always believe in even if you are going through a struggle or have a a challenge or an adversity I'm a firm believer in whatever challenge or adversity that may be there is a seed of an equal or greater benefit in that challenge or in that struggle or in that adversity because something's good has got to come out of it Um, and I think a lot of good things can come out of it if you are able to just you know just you know flip the switch in your mindset that something there's got to be a purpose for this absolutely you know and once you do find that purpose for it and then you actually start to 
act on that purpose is when things can actually start to happen. Um, and that's what it sounds like it's happened for you. I mean, you've you've totally flipped the script and Absolutely. and made it like amazing. Like I, I just love it. And I, and it's a great example to be able to not only be shown here but in the community and the, just to hear that story of how you changed and how you turned things around. It gives mm-hmm. a lot of other people hope and inspiration to maybe feel like they can do it too. You know, they say you know they see you do it and they think to themselves, hey, if he can do it, I can do it too. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. Um, so how long has Hammond's Initiative been around? Uh, believe it or not, Hammond's Initiative has only been around for two years. Oh wow, two years. Okay, but it, it, it shows you how God can move things at only God's speed when you're walking in your purpose. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that say, you know, I've been toiling at something for 25 or 30 years uh, to get to a certain point, and then you have to ask yourself, or are you doing the things that you were called to do? Because you're a great host, and, and the gentleman here is a great photographer. But if right now, if I said I want to be a great host, mm. I wouldn't be the great host that you are because that's not something that I'm called to do, mm. and I wouldn't be able to perfect it. Mm. So it would take me longer to do what it is that you would do. Right. It would take me longer to become a photographer because I don't know the different things that I'm working with. So I, I need time to learn not only my craft, but to learn the equipment. Mm-hmm. So when they came into the nonprofit world, I didn't know all the business side of things when it came to the nonprofit, but I knew that I had a purpose to help people. Mm-hmm. So I was no stranger to helping people. So I was a person that had already worked the fields before I even attempted to build the house. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe that I, were, I was able to be impactful um, in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you feel like is definitely speeded up the process or what is like some of the best, you know, information or knowledge that you have gotten in that two year time span? Um, what would you say is like the best, you know, information or knowledge that you got in that two years so far? The best knowledge is to make sure that you are investing your time wisely mm. because this is something that you could get uh, burned out quite easily. So uh, when you talk about a 24 hustle, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's a 24-hour <laughs> hustle. Yeah. You are constantly doing something, and you have to make sure that you break those those um, 24 hours down into like three different levels. So mm. you you want to have time for rest. You want to have time for vocation. You want to have time for work. Mm. So I look at it when Hammond's initiative, now I've gotten to a place to where I set up, okay, I'm going to put eight hours in for this. I'm going to put eight hours in for something else, and then I'm going to put eight hours in for rest Mm -hmm. because, you know, I found myself constantly getting sick, constantly going to the hospital and things like that. And I said, well, why is it? If you're constantly in contact with sick people, chances are you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. If you're not eating properly, if if you're not doing proper exercise and things like that, you you continue to hurt yourself and you end up uh, burning yourself out. So self-care is very important. Um, is something that I've learned that if you're going to do this line of work, if you're going to be out into the community, and also making sure that you spend your time with the with the right people, mm-hmm. because a lot of times people just jump out there and they try to associate and connect themselves with just everybody and anybody, mm-hmm. and um, that's not what you want to do. You definitely want to, uh, as the Bible say, connect yourself with wise counsel. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be around people who can, that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you need to go into another room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's talk about that because that's something 
a lot of people don't necessarily do or they're afraid to cut off maybe people that are toxic in their relationship or, you know, or people that are not trying to better themselves or the people around them aren't trying to better themselves. So that also, you know, influences them uh, highly as well. So how have you been able to, you know, navigate in your networking and connect with so many great people and and how have you been able to develop those relationships and add value to other people so that they've been able to add value to you? Well, the, the biggest thing with me is a lot of times people are afraid to cut people off. And what I do is I really don't cut people off. You know, people always say, well, I have a certain amount of people uh, in my circle. I look at it, if you look at a target, you have all these different circles, and then you finally get to a point to where you have your bullseye. Mm -hmm. Your bullseye is your, your ultimate target, and that's in the center. That's your inner circle. I have associates there on the outer stretch of a circle. And then as it comes in closer, you have the people that you know that you can count on, that you could be your true self with. Because a lot of times you go out in the community, you can't be yourself with just everybody and anybody because there's judgment. Mm -hmm. And then there's also people that will look to uh, use things against you. And for a person such as myself that looks to uh, pursue political endeavors in the future, Everything that you do is under a microscope. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to really be cautious of who you have in your inner circle. And then when you're doing things like that, you, you look at other people who are where you want to be. So um, when I look at you and I look at all your different talents, and then I look at somebody like a, like a Jimmy Fallon, I always say that I can see you in the future <laughs> with, with, your, with your band. I have my roots band. <laughs> you can have all those things. So if, if I was you, I would look at, okay, who can I associate myself with who's doing the things that I'm doing, but maybe on a bigger level? With me, you know, I look at people that inspire me, like Jake Wheatley, who's mm -hmm. a Marine, oh, yeah. who's also the state representative. We'd we'll love to get him on the show, by the way. <laughs> great, great, great guy, great Marine. Yeah. So I look at people like that, you know, uh, that I look up to and I, and I spend time with and, and, and try to pick their brain. State Representative Ed Ganey, you know, people like that. Lee Davis, who is a, a branding genius. My brother, Devin Hammonds, who I'm blessed that that's my, my, that's my younger brother mm -hmm. that has promotional push. There are so many people that I look around and I see that are that are so intelligent. Um, Harry Johnson II uh, would be me. Uh, Julius Boatwright. Mm. There's there's a lot of people out there that are, I mean, just pure genius mm. that you have to look at and say, these are people uh, that I want to talk to, that I want to build relationships with, because ultimately those are individuals that will better you and then what you have to bring to the table, uh, you'll be able to better them as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's about iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another beautiful thing. Cornell Jones, who's a big brother to me, um, who's uh, very important in my life, mm -hmm. um, is another person uh, that's in my inner circle that continues to, to, to better me and um, allow me to uh, expand my growth. So mm -hmm. it's always about you know finding different people who... Um, could help you grow because it's all about growth. I mean, who wants to remain stagnant? Right. Absolutely. I loved everything that you just said because one of the things about doing this show, I don't claim to know everything and I'm always learning new things. Um, and what you just said as far as like the bullseye thing and not necessarily cutting people off, that's really good insight. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at it that way. I'm using that for now on. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how you I, look at things. Yeah, I, I mean, I learned things even as we're doing the show. Like, this was a, a real genuine moment where you just, you literally just changed my mindset. Um, I, I, I just really love that. Um, so as far as, 
you know, the future and where you see yourself with Hammond's initiative going, what are like some of the, I know there's some things we can't talk about right now, but what are some of the things that you're looking for it to go or what would you like to have happen or, and what are some of the big goals that you see for it in maybe the next two to five years? Well, um, I would say first and foremost, before I get into two to five years, I would say immediately what I would like to see uh, for the summer is we're going to have uh, different programming, uh, really around violence intervention prevention, because, excuse me, there's so many things that are going on in the community with regards to gun violence. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to take uh, some of the youth to Harrisburg so they can rally around uh, different issues pertaining to gun violence within our community. And I also want to launch a program called uh, Every Second Matters, mm -hmm. which is going to be something to help uh, with gunshot victims, to teach people how to be pretty much a triage, where they'll be able to learn how to tie tourniquets and things like that. Because there's so many people that are shot within the community that are bleeding out that we could train people in the community to assist those individuals to where we could save lives because every second truly does matter. And then we also want to create these conversations um, led by the youth where they could talk about gun violence and we could have gun violence survivors there. We could also link that uh, with our military counterparts with people uh, who were wounded in the, in the military so they could talk about their experiences so we could show the commonality between veterans and show that the people in the community as well as people who serve are dealing with post-traumatic stress and we call it post, but it's never post because it's something that we're continuously dealing with. Mm. So, and then along with mentoring uh, young men and young women uh, on self-development and things like that, those are the things that Hammond's Initiative will be doing um, throughout this, this summer. But moving into the future, what I really would like to do is to take some of this youth leadership that I have and put them in a place to where I could find someone who could, I could bring on and have them be uh, the executive director. Because the goal of Hammond's initiative is to always have the youth voice heard mm -hmm. and to be able to, to create stronger youth and stronger communities. So the overall goal is to find somebody to be in a position who has the purpose and the passion to better their communities. And um, ultimately from that, my, my position is to, to continue to walk in my purpose and, and find myself in a place to where I could affect change politically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely believe that Hammond's initiative is a stepping stone um, for the community to be strengthened, but also for me to be able to go to a higher level and help uh, more people in uh, Pennsylvania to that's, become greater. That's awesome. Have you? I don't know if you have uh, before, but have you ever written a book? I'm, I'm working on a book I was gonna say. I was going to say, that feels yeah. like definitely in your path. Yeah. I'm working on a book right now, and it's uh, going to be entitled uh, "From Stereotype to Prototype." Nice. Mm -hmm. So, what, and what inspired that, and, and how did you come up with that concept? That's a great title, mm -hmm. too, by the way. Well, I'm looking at the things um, that I've overcame in my life. Um, just my birth uh, was something that people thought was impossible. Uh, my mother was told at an early age that she was barren; she she would never be able to produce a child. And lo and behold, here I am. And the different things that I went to. How many people that you know are uh, uh, ex-offenders, uh, you know, former drug dealer, who who's an honorable, uh, honorably discharged Marine, who uh, sits on various boards, who became executive director, who's a mentor, who's a father, who's a husband, all these different things, because people will look at some of our youth 
and they'll think to themselves that, okay, this kid's out here on the corner right now, they're selling weed or selling drugs or whatever, whatever they're doing, they got their pants sagging, and people would just immediately write them off. Mm. That could be the future president of the United States. Mm. And that's what I want to tell people. I was that stereotype. I was a gangbanger the whole nine yards. I was out there, you know, with my blue rags and braids. Yeah, and picture me with long hair. <laughs> but long ago. So I look at this person who was the stereotype. I was the rapper. I was the, you know, the, the guy who was, you know, I was a follower at one point in my life. Mm. And now I'm a leader. So that's where you get from stereotype to prototype. You see me moving from a follower to a leader. So that's what it's really about, you know, inspiring the next individual and letting people know that there there are times where you are to follow, mm. but only positive leadership. And I found myself at an early age following a lot of negative leadership, mm. and I had to deal with the consequences. Mm. And um, that's one of the things that I really want the youth to understand is consequences are real. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want them to bump their head. I want them to learn from borrowed experience. I want, I bump my head for everybody. That's what I tell the kids. So mm -hmm. let me teach you how to walk the right path. And let me teach you how to walk in your purpose by first establishing and helping you identify what your purpose truly is. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and that sounds like it'll be an amazing read. You have any ideas on when that plans on coming out? Because based off what you just said, that definitely sounds like something I want to read, and a lot of people should read because you know people do have these uh, different stereotypes that they look at and they feel like they could just write them off. But you are a prime example of somebody that was able to flip the script. So when will that come out? Well, right now we're we're shooting for August. Right now we're shooting for August, August of this year. This year, nice. Yes. Okay. So we're 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 just working on uh, tying up some loose ends. You know, I, I just want to make sure that um, once I put put it in place, that it's going to take off the way um, that I'm praying that it, that it will be able to take off. So you know, you want to take your time and, and mm -hmm. do things right. You know, I don't want to rush it, and and uh, it comes out and it's a flop. So I want right. to make sure that I share my story and make sure that there's an interest first and foremost mm -hmm. that uh, this is something that people will want uh, to purchase and um, truly read. Oh, yeah, there's definitely an interest. I mean, like I said, I think it'll be a great read, and I feel like a lot of people will get a good read out of it as well. Um, so uh, just in getting closer to wrapping up, um, if there was something that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you feel like you may want to talk about uh, that may be on your heart or on your mind um, or any topic at all or something that you want to promote or anything at all, um, you know, right now would kind of be the time to share that and whatever it may be, the floor is kind of yours. Okay, well, first and foremost, thank you again for having me on the show. Uh, I just want to take this time to tell people uh, who are not familiar with Leadership Pittsburgh, uh, definitely to Google Leadership Pittsburgh. They have various opportunities for individuals such as yourself that are very talented um, to look into some of the programs that they have, upcoming courses. Uh, I was just recently accepted into the uh, Community Leadership course for veterans, and I, I could tell you that the network, once again, is phenomenal. And um, the people that uh, I am aligned with is truly helping me to greater myself. So I tell people to do that. I also would tell people to align themselves with um, individuals that can help strengthen them spiritually. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend uh, individuals to reach out to uh, Reverend Cornell Jones with Iron Cross Community Ministries. And I would also tell people if you are a veteran or if you have a heart to serve and you want to get involved in your community, to definitely reach out to myself with Hammond's Initiative, and we would definitely love to have you because there's so many things going on in our, in our community that we could truly uh, be impactful if we come together. Awesome. And where would the best place be to connect them with you? Is that on, like, Facebook, website, or where, where would that be? 
Uh, I always tell people, call me directly. Um, definitely they could uh, go on Facebook. I'm under Leonard J. Hammonds II. Um, I would tell people to give me a call, and that number is 412-452-7385 because I want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, right now there are so many things going on, and it's very important for us to have an idea of what's going on in our communities. One of the biggest things in the military is intelligence. You want to know what's going on so you're able to strategize and move effectively. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, as we get wrapping up now, um, one of the things that we don't want to happen when people watch this is just to feel inspired and just motivated and have all this great information and they take it and they don't use it. So what's a 24-hour challenge that you would lay down and present to the audience that they can actually apply within the next 24 hours and that actually get them moving in the right direction? Okay. I want to look at the camera with this one. Yeah, yeah. The challenge that I have for you, first and foremost, over the next 24 hours, is I want you to invest in yourself by identifying what is your purpose. Because once you identify your purpose, that is something that you can emerge yourself in and you can begin to walk in your purpose. Because when you walk in your purpose, not only do you change your life, but you change the life of countless others. Awesome. Hey, man. Well, we definitely appreciate you for I being on the show. I am looking forward to all the things that you're doing in the future. Definitely can't yeah. wait till that book drops. <laughs> um, I, whenever the pre-order comes out, I'll be on there. I got you, for sure. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and, and we'll definitely be uh, keeping track. We can definitely even do like a, a second episode because you got a lot of things happening. And that I feel like privilege. I feel Thank like you. a follow-up episode would be awesome to have. So definitely appreciate you for being on. Um, so now that we know what Leonard does with his 24 hours, we want to know what you do with your 24 hours. Definitely accept that challenge. Comment down below. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will see you on the next episode.